Welcome to the Aaron J. Dodson Podcast. I'm the host, Aaron, and this is a 10-minute overview of the book of Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon stands foremost among the books of the Bible as having the most diverse interpretations. Revelation is probably its only rival. And throughout the years, there have been a number of radically different views about this book. And there are some reasons why, I think. First, the book contains strong sexual language, and the content of the book has caused challenges uh, for interpreters of it. I think a second reason that this book is unique and there are many different views is because of the lack of much spiritual or specifically spiritual uh, content. Third, the book is somewhat difficult to outline and analyze. It's filled with a lot of words that are unique and other words that are somewhat ambiguous, or at least they appear to be on the surface. And so it's challenging. A fourth and final reason for the many different views, I think, is because the historical background and the main characters of the book are vague. And so the moral background of the book not being explicitly stated, it, it, you know, it causes some difficulty to the person who's trying to read it. Uh, and so there are a number of different interpretations of the book. And I'm not going to go into all of those. But the Song of Solomon, it, it's the only book of the Bible that's entirely made up of speeches. And, and the speakers in that speech are identified in headings or footnotes in most translations. If you don't have a Bible that has that, I encourage you to get one. And from my understanding, the translators have consulted the Hebrew text, which has suffixes that indicate gender and number. And so I think their work will aid you in reading and studying and in knowing who is speaking when you're reading through the book of Song of Solomon. Keep those things in mind as we consider Song of Solomon. I have con considered in my preparation of this the meaning of the title of the book. The title is taken from the first verse, which uses the Hebrew phrase, Song of Songs. And that means the ultimate song or the best song of all. Our English versions uh, accentuate the latter portion of the first verse, which identifies the author. And so the title of the book is Song of Solomon. Keep that in mind as you consider history and background. I believe this is about Solomon and about his romance, courting, and wedding procession with a woman, uh, a honeymoon period, uh, but it includes marital strife and reconciliation and how a marriage grows and strengthens and matures over time. Truly, God made male and female at the beginning, Genesis 1.27, and God intended that they should marry and they bond together in a permanent marital relationship. Genesis 2.24, living a life of devotion to God may be undertaken in the context of the happiness and joy available through this special relationship, male and female, 
marriage, courtship, marriage, I should say it in that order, courtship, marriage, the sexual relationship, and the gradual growth and the deepening of marital love. And we need to hear these things today. In a time when divorce is rampant, treat it lightly. The marriage relationship has been cheapened, no doubt, and many people have divorced it, the idea of marriage. They have totally abandoned it. Extramarital sex is commonplace. Premarital sex, commonplace. Shacking up, living together before marriage, commonplace. So I think the book of Song of Solomon is relevant, and it deserves to be heard because it is the Word of God. And I'm not going to read the book, obviously, in a 10-minute overview, but I want to consider some things that I thought were useful uh, from one particular book that I had in considering this somewhat difficult book of the Bible. Modern biblical theology has neglected the Song of Songs. And one reason, like I said before, is because it's hard to understand how language about sexual love can be part of God's redemptive purpose for humanity. Um, but, you know, redemption is not about leaving the physical body behind and, and, and retreating into some asceticism. The Scriptures don't uh, insinuate that or require that or command that or ask that. Um, God designed there to be sex appeal between two lovers, husband and wife. And that's not ultimately based on the physical attraction, but on the exclusive commitment that they make to each other. And I think the book of Song of Solomon teaches that concept, especially as you continue through the book and you get to some of the main ideas toward the end of the book. The interpretation of the book should begin with the level of human love. It is about two humans loving one another, a man, Solomon, and his young bride, a a woman, human love. And so, again, keep that in mind. Wouldn't it be nice if God has some information for us about marriage? Well, he does, and this is one of those very special books that presents a view of human relationships that's not hierarchical. It's not, um, you know, uh, demanding or demeaning or exploiting a woman or man in any way, but instead unity, harmony, love, yes, troubles, but the love and affection that draws two people back together. I think there's probably a lot of things that could be said along that line. But I want to emphasize in this short introduction of this book, Overview, some statements in the book that really challenge us that I have not quite considered this way before that I think probably help to define the book and help us to really understand its contents. And before I do, I want to give you a brief outline of the book. One outline of the book suggests three, three phases in Solomon's relationship with the Shulamite woman that's mentioned here. First phase, his early days of courtship, Second, the early days of marriage. And then third, the maturing of the royal couple through the good days and the bad days of married life. One writer once said, I think, the book serves as God demonstration 
of his intentions for the romance and the loveliness of marriage, which is the most precious of human relationships. And Peter calls it the grace of life, 1 Peter 3, 7. But there are three things that I want to mention quickly toward the end of the book that I think need to be considered more closely. First, love is as strong as death. Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6. Truly, love is enduring, and it never fails. Second, jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Again, verse 6 and 7. Song of Solomon 8, 6 and 7. Envious will rot a person's bones, Proverbs 14, 30. Jealousy can lead to all kinds of other sins, including murder like Cain, 1 John 3, 11 and 12. And let's not forget, Christ was crucified because of evil passion by his enemies, Mark 15, 10. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. And in a marriage, we don't need to be jealous of one another. Third, nothing is as powerful as genuine devotion. I'd like to read those verses before I close. Song of Solomon 8, verses 6 and 7. The Shulamite, to her beloved, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement fire. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. Nothing is as powerful as genuine devotion in marriage. Now, time has passed. Ten-minute overview. I've said a few things. I encourage you, dig into this rich book. Get you a Bible that has the speaker and those that are speaking to one another, the different groups that are spoken of here within the book. It is like a song and the song of songs written by Solomon. And I truly believe we can learn much from it today that will help us in our relationships, especially the relationship of marriage. Thanks for listening to the Aaron J. Dodson podcast. I hope I left you wanting more. Go study the book of Song of Solomon. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.